I'm inspired by resolve. Resolve is uh, to settle decisively on something. And uh, I think the verse that strikes me the most about that is Joshua 24:15, where God had moved on behalf of the Jewish people, delivered them from 400 and some 30 years of uh, Egyptian bondage to slavery. And God raised up Moses and uh, got them to a point, and then Moses died, and, and uh, there was a transition where Joshua and Caleb then had to pick things up, and uh, Moses laid his hands on Joshua in the last chapter of Deuteronomy and imparted something that uh, in all of Joshua's 77 years he had never experienced. It was called a spirit of wisdom. He needed wisdom. We need wisdom today in our decision-making. Uh, peer pressure looms, mob mentality looms, and uh, the deceiver, uh, the Bible says Satan appears as an angel of light. He is very cunning, and um, he's, he's, he was perfected in wisdom, the Bible said. He, he fell from heaven like lightning, and uh, his detachment from God, he's so evil, uh, but we just not, uh, need not be ignorant of his devices. We don't ignore him. But we're not, that's not our primary focus. Our primary call and, and positioning is to be worshipers of God, uh, but also we're to resist the devil. Uh, it says in um, James 4, I think 7, James 4, 7, uh, submit to God, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Uh, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. And, and cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Double-mindedness is the opposite of resolve. Uh, Earlier in James, in chapter 1, verse 5, it says that if anyone lacks wisdom, we're to ask of God, and he'll give it to us without uh, being unhappy with it. In fact, he he gives it generously and without reproach. Uh, But it says in verse 6, the caveat is that we must ask in faith. We must ask in faith. We must pray in faith. We must walk by faith. We must live in faith. Faith pleases God. Faith is reliance on God. Faith isn't double-minded. Faith is a resolve that's not rooted in human determinism, although human agency is involved. We have to submit to God. We have to draw near to God. You can see that's our part. His part is to do his great, big, beautiful God stuff. And he only does wondrous things. Uh, We ask in faith without any doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed to and fro, pushed around, shoved and pulled, drawn this way and that way by the wind. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man. This is something that haunts me. I look at that and think, there's a, there's a skull and crossbones over that. You know, it's like, don't go here. This is poison. A double-minded man being unstable in all his ways or in all her ways. Um, so single-mindedness is something the, that the Lord is calling us to. And Joshua called the Israelites to make a decision. They had passed through the, the land of the Hittites and the Amorites and the Jebusites and so forth and their gods and all their pluralism and all their pseudo-sophistication, all their idolatry, uh, evil. And people were picking things up along the way, apparently. This happened throughout the history of Israel. 
And sadly, that can happen in humanity because due to the collateral damage of the fall, when we ate the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it messed the whole heap of us up. That's why we need to be renewed in the spirit of our minds. That's why a moment like this is helpful, to get under the teaching of God's word in the anointing. Or we also get our own Bibles and we study to show ourselves approved unto God as workmen who need not to be ashamed, handling accurately, rightly dividing the word. I believe it's no coincidence you're here tonight. I believe it's no coincidence you're watching online. And I, in a next, the next few moments, I'm going to preach to get you from being double-minded uh, and for you to prevent that, to purge doubt and doubting out of your approach and get onto a resolve where you decide firmly on a course of action in your household, in your relationships, with your finances, in your work, the decisions you have to make. I believe the Holy Spirit will help each one of us, but we've got to do what the Scripture says. And if it says, uh, ask in faith without any doubting, then that must mean we could ask in doubting without much faith. And so I loved to get this phrase, I love to identify where I'm at. I like to, here I'll call it, I like to locate myself. Where am I at? My, my wife and I were driving down the long road here over by our church. And she turned to me and she said, can you get with, in faith with me on something? And right away I said, and I was thinking about it, I was driving and I was thinking what I'm going to do next and what I just did. And so it's like, huh? And, but I, and I knew, and I, you know, I know her. We've developed this relationship together, so I said, yes, I can. So I tuned in, you know, and then she unpacked what she had on her heart. I listened to her. I didn't jump on it. I didn't just go, you know, I didn't, I didn't wait. I didn't just lunge at it, and I didn't lag on it. I just listened to it, and then I got my heart. I started to search my heart. Yeah, my spirit bears witness with what you're bringing up here in terms of timing, something we had been believing God for for years, but it was time. And she knew it, and then, but she wanted to see, and she said, can you get in faith with me on this? And I, I think God is every day, all the time, uh, looking to us as his followers, urging us with that same question, can you get in faith on this? And, and I think Joshua said this to the Israelites at the season where they had conquered so much, and God had given them the, their land and the fulfillment of so many promises. Uh, the, the enemy doesn't let up, ever. He won't let up till the last, the end of the end, when he's chained up and thrown in the, all the, by the angels, you know, and all the stuff that's going to, at the consummation of the age. So we might as well not let up. We might as well be the rugged, determined people that take our stand with resolve. Everybody say resolve. Joshua 24, 15, it says, If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, well, let's read verse 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in the sincerity, in sincerity and truth. Therefore, fear the Lord, reverence him, honor him, humble yourself before him and serve him in sincerity and truth. That's the, these are the seeds for revival right here. Sincerity and truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Put away the gods. Now then he says, but then he pauses and he says, if it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. 
whether the gods which your fathers served, which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. Now look at this. Come on, this is good. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This is Joshua's position. He's not waiting around for people. If you want to serve the gods of the Amorites, you go ahead. You can do that because you have a free will. You're volitional. God gave you that ability uh, to choose, and you can. And, and He's not going to violate that. He's not going to violate your spirit. But He said, "But as for me, everybody say, as for me, we can talk like that. That's personal ownership, and uh, hallelujah for that." That we can come in and say, but you know, it's like the great hymn, though none go with me, yet I will follow. Boy, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a good hymn. That's a good hymn. We're here in modernity and we, you know, all these hymns, you know, that's old. No, some of these things have beautiful theology, beautiful doctrine, beautiful commitment, and uh, they deserve to be sung and thought about and quoted. Uh, I, still, I will follow. As for me and my house, as for me and my house, say it, as for me. me. We don't have any control over what other people say and do, but we could come against the demons that are trying to manipulate them. We could pray laborers will cross their path. We could pray God will soften and tenderize their hearts, right? And uh, he will, and we're believing that. Revival, if it's really going to, you know, what we really are hopeful for, is going to be a refreshing of the believer's and it's going to be a reclamation of the lost. We must have waves and waves of souls. I'm not just satisfied with running around a building for a couple of years. I believe in God for great, great move of the Spirit, for lost souls to be brought out of darkness and into this marvelous light. But he said this then, and we, he's, he, he, this, is, this is something God has called us to. He said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord. Let this penetrate your thinking. I want you to go to 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 12, and uh, Samuel was this interesting man, the son of Hannah, who was barren until God got a hold of her and helped her birth a son. And Samuel had this spiritual commitment about him, and he's in this situation with the king And he makes a statement in verse 23. He says, uh, you know, the Lord's not going to abandon his people on account of his great name uh, because the Lord has been pleased to make you a people for himself. Verse 23, he says, moreover, as for me, everybody say, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. Far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. The Bible says we're to pray without ceasing. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul the Apostle said that. Don't you know Paul was a Hebrew of Hebrews from the tribe of Benjamin. He understood the Jewish law. He understood the history. He, I'm certain, had read this. He knew that there's a mandate to never cease to pray. Samuel said, man, I'm not going to sin. As for me, I'm going to stay, be a person of prayer. As for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, I'm going to pray to my God. You know, I remember Bay Park Elementary School. I was in the first or second grade. And I remember we were told 
You're not allowed to pray in school. And I wasn't raised in a Christian home, but it stirred something in my little tiny young life. And I remember how I felt. I felt lost. I felt betrayed, and I felt, why would God be pushed aside? I didn't know God. I wasn't in a Christian home. And yet, God, because Ecclesiastes 3 says God has set eternity in our hearts, there was a, a conviction that I remember to this day. I also remember, uh, right after that, the Bay of Pigs and the uh, terrible uh, Cuban uh, nuclear missile crisis that came the next, uh, in a very short period of time. And I also remember when the President of the United States got mowed down in Texas. And I also remembered the, the changes and the shifts and the polarizing that began to take place. Am I, is it a coincidence? Uh, I don't, as a Jesus follower, I don't think so. I think there are things that, that happen and consequences that occur. And that's why I think God is looking for people that will have a resolve. And none of us want to be bigoted, bullheaded, prejudicial, and that is not what this is advocating. Resolve is not being uh, stubborn in a uh, dogmatic sense. Resolve is using that decisional thing, that component that God instilled in you, choose this day whom you serve, and you step up and say, Lord, I'm at the fork in the road, and I'm gonna, I'm, I, I, I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, right? And then there's something profound about the results of that decision. Decisions matter. And when we, we decide what we're going to do uh, uh, and make quality decisions, as I've heard it said, you know, based on the facts, not rushing to judgment, the man that makes haste with his feet errs, but then also, how long will you halt between two opinions? At some point, there's a time to make a decision. Uh, I love fasting and praying. I, I don't like putting things off, but I also don't like lunging ahead. Uh, the, one of the great ministers of our early days said, I'd rather be a little bit behind God than ahead of God. And as a little punk 20-year-old, I thought, oh, I'd rather be right on time with God. You know, of course you, of course you would. Right. And that's, you know, he wasn't saying it's going to either be I'm going to miss it this way. or that. Well, the Bible does say we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Hamartia is the Greek word, which means missing the mark. You feel it. All of society is skewed. And if the truth be told, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's why redemption is so wonderful, because then we become a new creation. We realize we're worth the blood of Jesus. We're washed. We're cleansed. He resolves the sin, uh, sin uh, uh, position we're in and even cleanses us from the consciousness of sin. I had a doctor's appointment, and I had to be in a dark room for 90 minutes, so I decided to listen to all of the book of Leviticus. And I have an app that has Alexander Scorby where you can punch in one, uh, the speed that he read and then 1.25, 1.5, and 2.0. 2.0 is too fast. 1.25 is pretty good. I went 1.5, and I mean, I, I, I had to have the lights off, so I had to concentrate. And I went through Leviticus about all the Jewish laws all the technical aspects which were so important. You know, when you're a Jesus follower, you think, why do I need to read that? Jesus fulfilled the law. We're not under the law anymore. If you walk in the Spirit, you're not under the law. Well, the law is, is a gift to humanity because it shows his 
his likes and dislikes, his commandments, the things that he wants. And, uh, it, it, and the, these things are holy. It's holy. And the law is for the lawless. So there, you know, there, there's a real need for it. And it, it did me a lot of good to listen to it because I thought, thank you, Jesus, that I wasn't born in the old covenant because I would have got an F minus and I would have been nuked by chapter, the first two verses of chapter one. And uh, I'm just thankful that Jesus didn't come to abolish the law, but he came to fulfill it. And he's given us a new law, royal law, the law of liberty, the law of love. If we walk in love, we're going to see the power of the Holy Spirit on our generation. If we don't carry unforgiveness in these times we're in and we stay out of that stuff, and we close the doors to the devil, we're going to see a greater outcome. As for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, I am not going to sin against God and, not, and hold back on prayer. He says, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you, but I will instruct you in the good and right way. Hallelujah. Samuel had it figured out, and it's really good. Everybody say, as for me. See, as for me, tonight, you decide. I'm going to pray. I'm not going to worry about anything. I'm going to pray about everything. People, people t- I did a wedding out of town, and the guy said, we, pr- we started praying. I prayed at the reception. I prayed over everybody that I could think of. I was praying in the spirit while I was with everybody. It was interesting. And I, I prayed over a guy. I mean, he'd been dancing. He was all sweaty. I prayed for him. Prayed for another guy. I said, can I hug you? And he got tears in his eyes. It'd blow your mind if I told you who they were. But God just wants, wants us to be always available and, and have this as-for-me mentality. Not obnoxious, not intrusive, you know, not heavy-handed, but not reluctant and not passive and not nervous and nor apathetic either. He wants us to be single-minded and determined. Samuel said, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against you against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. I'm going to keep praying. Everybody say, I'm going to pray without ceasing. Now, Job had a situation, didn't he? You go through Job, man, it'll make you glad you're walking in a new covenant with God. In Job chapter 5, verse 8, it says this. Job chapter 5, let's see, verse 8. It says, but as for me, I would seek God. And I would place my cause before God. As for me, I'd seek God. What, what, what would you do with your life? Well, as for me in my house, I'll serve the Lord. As for me in my house, I, I, I won't sin against God by not being prayerful. Job, as for me in my house, you know, I, I'd, I would seek God. <laughs> this is great. You know what? If you, this is like seven weeks of, of counseling right here boiled down into this sentence. But as for me, I, I, I would see God on it. I'd see God. The multitude of counselors, there's safety. I had a, I had a, call, a text from a guy out of town, former, uh, you know, and a pro uh, athlete, now has a new opportunity, and he's bothering to get in communication with his pastor for, for, for counsel. Uh, and like Job, well, as for me, I see God, you know. Oh, I'm attracted to this person. Well, as for me, I would see God and pray about that. Well, this job looks better. You know, this one, they're offering me this much. And this, I had a pastor friend here in town, a Presbyterian guy, 
and he was seeking the Lord. He had been pastoring here and great leader and for many, many years, I think something like 17 years. And now, and he was feeling led to move to another state. And he was, we'd go to lunch together and he would tell me, um, we were so dissimilar background-wise, but we, we had the same Jesus. We ended up having an amazing fellowship. I think he was either Harvard or, or Yale Divinity um, uh, the, theologically trained, you know. And I'm like, you know, out of the prayer closet, you know. So, um, and, uh, but we together, it was amazing. And uh, he told me, oh, yeah, uh, this, one, this one place offered him XYZ number extra dollars over this other place. And I was like, you know, I was just, I was like, wow, you know. And he, but he was, as for him, he wanted to hear from God. It wasn't like economics. I had a friend who was a sports guy. He had two opportunities to take, to go to different, he was being transferred, but he had opportunities for two different, when he was like, I guess, free agent. And a guy that was carnal came in and gave him a bunch of natural advice. Well, my spirit, I had this sense about what he was supposed to do. And, uh, but he didn't ask me, and the other guy preempted it. And, he, and, and this, this often happens. Like, uh, Je- Jesus told pastors not to lord it over people. So I'm not part of that control thing. I'm like, I'm kind of, in my personality, I'm, I'm not a pushy type of personality. So it's like, I just kind of, but then this other guy pushed in, blabbed to this guy. He picked it, and I just watched the trajectory of everything. And God's blessed him. But he would have had this happen if he had gone in this situation. And the money that was extra would have been more than, than abundantly uh, provided. So it's like Job was saying here, but as for me, I, I almost think he'd go falsetto on it. I'd seek God. I think he'd almost go southern. But as for me, I'd seek God. That's just how I hear this. And I would place my cause before God. Right? Because everybody has an opinion, but, you know, God has his plan, and we want to follow him. We want to follow him. Let's go to, since we're in Job, let's jump over to chapter 19, verse 25. Job chapter 19, verse 25. He says, as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that as I watch the news... And I see the hostility. And even in a debate, I I no longer see decorum. I no longer see objectivity in a news cycle. I see bias. I I see hatred like you do. I see the world like it is. But then he also says, but as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that my Redeemer lives. And at last, everybody say at last. He will take his stand on the earth. I don't know about when, but one day Jesus is going to, the clouds are going to peel back, and as he ascended, he's going to come descend, and his feet are going to touch down on the Mount of Olives. Um, my wife and I keyed into this. We had the privilege of going to Israel in their 30th anniversary, their 50th anniversary. Now it's their 75th anniversary coming up. 70th anniversary. Yeah, I don't, yeah, and now, now the 75th. And um, we got to renew our vows on the Mount of Olives at our 40th. We, we were going to have Rabbi Jim Bennett. He happened to be there with, on a tour with his kids from uh, Sheremeth. And I, I, my dream was to have a, a, a rabbi officiate, but it was the Sabbath, so he couldn't do it. 
And, uh, but so we had our kids do it. And you, you know, you heard last week, they did a pretty good job. They did a great job in the wedding. Steve served his communion. Taylor played a Beatles song. It was awesome. So, uh, and then the, the bus driver got tears in his eyes, secular Jewish guys. And they, yeah, and it, it, it was, but, but what got me is we're standing in the place. Could this be the place where my Lord Jesus, my Redeemer is going to stand on the ground again? Job said, you know what, as for me, this is, my, this is my bias, this is my opinion, this is my conviction, this is my viewpoint. I know my Redeemer lives. Say that. I know my Redeemer lives. You know that? I'm just not a agnostic about this. I believe. And you could feel the deep-seated resolve in Job's voice. And... Uh, at last, he will take his stand on the earth. Hallelujah. As for me, you got to walk around with a, with a rugged determinism. I know that my Redeemer lives. I was walking in the parking lot, and God reminded me, he called me to be a pioneer. A pioneer is somebody that just pushes in there. You're all a bunch of pioneers. We live right by Boone's Crossing. This is a, this is a heartland thing. People traveled through here in covered wagons trying to go on the, get to the Oregon Trail to try to get to the ocean and try to get to the fertile valleys of other states. A lot of them settled here. These are heartland people. I love this place. I love where God planted me. Born in San Francisco, born in... Raised in San Diego, born again between San Bernardino and Los Angeles, and then transplanted to St. Louis. Tried to live in England and Europe, but God brought us right back here for such a time as this. I'm thrilled to get, I'm privileged to get to live in this footprint. And you are too. And we just need to carry this kind of vibe about us. As for me, I know that my Redeemer lives through your tears through the hard times, when nobody else knows what you're going through, when you feel like you're hanging on by your fingernails, as for me, I know my Redeemer lives. I need wisdom, God, and you said if anyone lacks it, we're to ask you, and you'll give it to me without reproach. But, you know, you gave me the caveat that you want me to have resolve and not ask in unbelief, but ask with faith. Pray in faith. Walk by faith. Without it, it's impossible to please him. With it, the lady with the hemorrhage for 12 years. I, that's another thing I, I, I got in Leviticus. There's a whole chapter in Leviticus about issue. She had an issue of, of, of a hemorrhage. There's a whole chapter about that stuff. It's amazing. Read it. It'll blow your mind. And uh, she, was, she was made whole. She was cleansed. She was redeemed. And um, the Lord is our Redeemer. He said, he said I, I, as for me, I know my Redeemer lives. And that's kind of significant, too. He's calling him a Redeemer, a Defender, our Vindicator, shade upon our right hand, our Shepherd, our Source, right? And at last, he will take his stand on the earth. I, I wasn't intending to read this, but Acts chapter 1, verse 11 is mind-blowing. Because all these people were standing there, mouth breathing, looking up in Bethany when Jesus was going up into 
into, into heaven. And they also said, these angels said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? <laughs> this Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, look at this, will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. So the, I, I wasn't there. You weren't there for the ascension. But we might be here for his visitation. And he's, he's, as for me, my Redeemer, he lives. And he's, he's standing on the earth. I mean, that's literal. That's legit. He's been here before. He's, he's, gonna, he's, you know, he's coming back. And he's coming back to a church that is an as-for-me church. Go to, go to Psalm 5-7. Go to Psalm 5-7. We'll look at a couple more of these. They're just so good. Psalm chapter 5, it's a, it's a prayer for protection from the wicked, Psalm of David. And he says, but as for me, but as for me, by your abundant loving kindness, I will enter your house at your temple. I will bow in reverence for you. This is very similar to Joshua 24. As for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. This is very similar to what Samuel said. As for me, I'm not going to sin against God by not praying for you. I'm going to be a person of prayer. It's a lot like Job. <laughs> As for me, I'd see God. <laughs> right? That's, that's, my steady, uh, that's my exhortation everywhere I go. Everywhere I go. It's like, I, I'd see God if I were you. And I'm not like, repent! You know, it's like, listen to the spirit of Job there. Well, as for me, I'd see God. That might be the big message for our generation right now. Like, how, how do you, you know, at work, how, do you, how are you weathering all this stuff? Well, you know, I just I'd see God. It's like, that's thought-provoking. That's, that's not... That's not like badgering people. It's like, you what? You, I've been ignoring God. I don't even know that I believe in him. You know, it would get people to, the, the, the guy, that, the man that was responsible for leading me to the Lord, his appeal was, I was messed up and Jesus changed my life. It's like, I'm messed up and I need my life changed. But how did Jesus change your life? And he gave me something to read, which I think literature and printed page is so important. You know, online is important. But uh, I just think also we're living letters. We're living letters, each one of us. We're a fragrant aroma of Christ. To some, it's death to death. To others, it's life to life. And, uh, but man, look at this. But as for me... By your abundant loving kindness, I will enter your house. And that word hesed in Hebrew is his obligatory. Because of your obligatory, you've obligated yourself to humanity with your love. It makes me so interested in you. Like Job, he said, you know, God, you're so good. And because you're so good, I'm, I'm so interested in you. I, I want you. I want you. As, as for me, I'd seek the Lord. As, like Samuel, as for me, I'm not going to sin against God. I'm going to pray. I would pray. You know, Job, uh, he's going to take his stand on the earth. 
David, I, I want to enter into your presence. Holly helped us tonight, the band, the, the bass line and the drums, the, just the whole thing. I just, I was like going boom, 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 boom. It was, you know, I was making a joyful noise, you know, but it's not just noise. It's a song of praise. And there's such value and power in it. It's beautiful. It's holy. It's comely to the upright. So let's go to Psalm 17, 15. Let's, let's go right there. Psalm 17, 15. Psalm 17, 15. As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. Holly quoted Psalm 27. We're not going to go there, but it says... Uh, one thing I've desired from the Lord, and that I shall seek. It starts out with a bunch of battle-weary stuff, like, the Lord is my light, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength, the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers came to mess with me, my God delivered me. And then he said, but this one thing I do, one thing I desire, this is what I seek. I'm seeking your face. I'm seeking you for relationship. See, I love this lady, and we've been through a lot together. We've been chauffeurs of kids. We've been disciplinarians. We've been financiers. We've been like accountants having to balance a checkbook. We've been chefs. You know, we've been yard greenskeepers on our yard. We've been like everybody. But at the end of the day, it's like we love each other. And in our Christian faith, it's like there's so much going on. Be prayer warriors. Be soul winners. Be part of church. Build community. Connect with each other. Be the light of the world. But Seek my face. And that's what Job said. As for me, I'd seek the Lord. Samuel, I prayed. Joshua, you can walk with these wacky idols if you want. But as for me, my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And uh, yeah, right, yeah, we, the, the idols. You know, I want to say something really quick. I went to, I heard a sermon um, this week and the guy was talking about how many, what percentage of Christians believe that it's okay, with psychics are okay, and astrology. I was like, what? I, I hope you're wrong. Where did you get those statistics? That's crazy. Because, the, the, again, Leviticus, it's like, don't go to you, you, numerology, seances, and all that stuff. I mean, I threw my Ouija board out. I threw my weed out. You know, I threw the peyote out, all that stuff. And... Uh, I mean, you just get rid of that stuff. That's like, I, that stuff got me in trouble. It opened a door to the devil. Oh, well, it was enlightenment. Yeah. The devil appears as an angel of light. It was enlightenment, all right. As for me, I'd seek the Lord. The guy preached, you know, like basically closed the door. And basically what he, I thought was really a good point, instead of badgering people, don't do this and don't do that, it was like, in order to not let any obstructions or any door to the devil open up so you could have a greater level of connection and sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, his basic argument was this stuff doesn't please the Lord, it desensitizes substitutes for God, and don't even go there. So, like, right now, just throw it out. Throw the idols out. Get them out. You know, and that's a really good exhortation, especially this time of the year with this month. This is crazy. And I saw a video where a guy was trying to steal a 14-foot-tall skeleton off of somebody's yard and put it in the back hatch of his little Honda or something. It's like, what, are you going to try to fold that, you know? It, it was crazy. It reminded me of a lady that stole our Christmas ornaments out of the parking lot. 
And I just watched her. I thought, if she needs them that bad, we'll sew them. We'll sew them. There were these giant oversized Christmas ornaments. We decorated the parking lot with it. And I was like, wow, you, you, you need those more than we do. I'm not even going to hassle you. Pastoring is not for sissies, I just want to tell you. Um, Psalm 17, 15, as for me, I will behold your face. I'm seeking the Lord's face. See, I like looking at my wife's face. That's where her eyes are. That's where her smile is. Or that's where her looks are that make me know that I need to help her get a smile. But when I'm, I seek the Lord's face is, a, is, a, is an invitation to intimacy. That's not just his hand of provision. It's not just, what are you doing, God? Oh, I want to see what God's doing. It's like, I want to know God. As for me, I'd seek the Lord. That's Job, man. Job's preaching tonight. Let's go to Psalm 2611. I just have a couple more. Psalm 2611. It says, but as for me, I shall walk in my integrity. As for me, I shall walk in my integrity. The Proverbs says that integrity of the upright shall guide them. Lying has been elevated to virtue status right now. The father of lies is allowed, he specializes in lying, is encouraging lying as a means to an end. And the Bible talks in the Ten Commandments not to bear false witness. It's a big deal. Well, the Ten Commandments have all been fulfilled. Hey, it's still a big deal. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light. And, and, and truth, <laughs> it's not my truth. It's not like this is my interpretation of a thing. You might as well say, well, this is my interpretation of a thing. Don't say my truth. Truth is now, that word is so precious because it means absolute. And um, integrity is the basis of favorable outcomes for our lives. And it says here in Psalm 2611, but as for me, I shall walk in my integrity, redeem me and be gracious to me. So that's why we started out with Joshua uh, 2415, when he says, you know, you guys, if you want to follow these wacky systems and these false approaches, you can if you want. But he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 3114, let's flip right to 3114. I love this. This, you know, this is the heart, heartbeat of King David the man after God's own heart, verse 14. But as for me, we want to know how to have a heart after God. This is the, the word right here. I trust in you. As for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I trust in you. I'm going to trust God on this. God gave a prophetic word about this church in 1994. You know, he basically just said, you're just going to have to trust the Lord on this. So that's helped me to keep my, my flesh under from reacting to the situations. Just say, okay, I'm going to let God be God on this. I resolve to not try to do it in my own power or step in and be stupid with it. I want to hear from heaven. As for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. Say that. You are my God. Isn't that a, isn't that a privilege? You're my very own father. You're my God, and I love you, and I thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Let's go to 41.4. Ten more chapters. 41.4. You said, you just said there was going to just be a few. Yeah. It, there aren't that many more. But as for me, verse 4, I said, O Lord, be gracious to me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against you. Boy, how many times have we had to resolve and repent and get back on track with the Lord? Just humble ourselves. God, I'm just going to repent and receive healing for my soul. As for me, I said, O Lord, be gracious. Aren't you glad he's gracious? Let's go to 52. 52. I've got, let's see, two more after this and we're done. Psalm 52, 8. It says, uh, but as for me, he said, I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the loving kindness of God forever and ever. But as for me, and that sounds like Psalm 1, would be like a tree whose leaves don't wither. That's like Psalm 27, uh, Psalm 127, 1, where... um, Unless the Lord builds a house, they that build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches the city, those who keep watch in vain. And then it says, verse 2, uh, let's go to verse 2. It is vain for you to rise up early and then to go past 9 o'clock on Friday night. <laughs> keep going. To eat the bread of painful labors, and, and for he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. Now, I like this. Look, the whole children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Look at this. Like arrows in a hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Look at this next one. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies at the gate. That's a a great chapter, but that's not the one I wanted. (laughs) But that's the one I asked for, and you all loved it. But I was talking about my wife will be a fruitful vine, and my children will be olive plants around my table. How cool is that? How cool is that? And that's what this says. But as for me, I'm like a green olive tree. Look at somebody next to you and said, say, you're full of sap and very green. That's the scripture. That's not an insult. That's a compliment. That, what is that, Psalm 92? When you're planted in the house of the Lord. You're planted in, that's Psalm 92. You're planted in the house of the Lord. By the way. I visited this church, and the pastor got up and he said, hey, um, and we've visited many times. It's a good church in another city, good pastor. He said, hey, if you're visiting here and you're moonlighting, that's great, but don't go to two churches. Remember that? He did it really sweet. I I didn't think he was heavy-handed about it. He said, that's not good because then you can't build community. You get church. The church, you go visit and supplement. I just visited a church. It was great. But this is my church house, Right? Like, I'm married to her, you know, so that, it's like a, there's a monogamy thing to the kingdom of God. So, so uh, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a divide and conquer thing the devil will try to do. But anyway, it creates division when there's dual vision. And, and, and you just want to make sure you're in the right place. You want to bloom where you're planted, be led by the Holy Spirit. He said it, not me. I'm just quoting him. Okay, so anyway, here we go. Psalm 55, one, this is the, the second to the last one. Psalm 55, 16. As for me, I shall call upon God, and the Lord will save me. Well, it sounds a lot like Job. As for me, I'd seek the Lord, right? Say this with me. As for me, I shall call upon God, 
That's what Samuel said. I'm not going to sin against you by not praying. And the Lord will save me. Say it. And the Lord will save me. Now let's all stand up on our feet. I've got the musicians. I can feel them. They're back there. And Psalm 59, 16. This is how we're going to end this service. But as for me, I shall sing of your strength. I had a prophetic word earlier about being strong. I just didn't do, embellish it like yelling in the microphone. I prophesied it. I shall sing of your strength. Yes, I shall joyfully sing of your loving kindness in the morning. For you have been my stronghold and a refuge in the day of my distress. Who in here can say that's the case for me? Young people, listen. As for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. Get You position yourself. The guy, by the way, that contacted me from out of town, just recently graduated from college. He grew up in our church. Now he's getting an opportunity would blow your mind if I told you what his opportunity was. And what is he doing? Instead of strutting around with his buttons popping all full of pride, he's turning around and saying, I, need, I want to get good counsel, I need prayer. Right? Let's lift up our hands toward heaven. Lord, we let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor be laid aside from us. Lord, you're the God of peace. Search our hearts, Lord. It's like David said uh, he, when he needed to repent. He said, I trust you, O Lord, and, and, and you'll, you'll heal my soul. I repent of my sin. Lord, what we lay aside and humble ourselves and stay repentant. God, we, we are renewed in our commitment to, to know you, to seek your face. Listen, if you've never given your life to Jesus, today is the day of salvation. Surrender to him, submit to him. He that comes to God must believe that he exists, but not just in some sort of philosophical construct. You gotta humble yourself and realize he is amazing. He's, he's, he's a person. I studied world religions. Taoism doesn't believe in a personal God, nor does the Buddhist mind, mindset. But I'm telling you, God revealed himself as a heavenly father in the Judeo-Christian model. And in fact, this is what I embrace right now. Lift up your hands. As for me, say this, say it, as for me and my house, I'm going to seek the Lord. I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to pray to my God. I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. And I'm trusting you. I'm going to remain confident in this. I'm going to see the salvation of the Lord. America is going to be saved. Europe is going to be saved. The nations are coming into the kingdom. I am trusting God. And I come against the devil over this nation. I thank you for freedom of religion, freedom of assembly, freedom of speech, freedom of religion. And I pray they stay intact for, for my kids and our children's children. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. So we're trusting you for a great outcome. As for me, I'd seek the Lord. In Jesus' name, hallelujah.